Welcome back, everybody, to another Vince August podcast. Man, it's been a long time since I've done one of these, um, but I have been hawked and hounded by several people on social media. Um, you know, get back in there, Vin. We missed the podcast. We enjoyed the podcast. Um, so for all of you that did ask, thank you very much. Um, that's why I'm doing this. Uh, there, there's a fine line between kind of doing this stuff and, and thinking that you're talking to yourself alone in a room. Um, so that's why I wanted to make sure that there is an audience. There are people out there listening. Um, so thank you for those of you who are. Um, since I've been off for a long time, I have decided to come back with the most controversial of topics, the most heated of topics that we see, are seeing all over social media, and that is the 2016 presidential race and election. Um, this has been something that I have watched play out now on social media between Facebook, Twitter, uh, and and some of the other you know social media sites, news stories. Looking at the comment section below, in the most um, absolutely childish, immature, insensitive, um, completely lacking any sense of intelligence, form of debate and criticism, as I think I've seen anything on social media. Um, it, it's, it's gotten to a point where it's actually embarrassing to read certain Facebook posts. Um, I look at people in a different way now based on their Facebook post. And I do that not because of opinion. I, I don't care if you have an opinion. I think it's great that you have an opinion to me. It's the lack of substantiation of an opinion one and two really just some of the and there's no other word for it, stupid comments that people are making in social media, the stupid comparisons people are making, and the just lack of tolerance that we have for each other as individuals for expressing a belief or opinion is absolutely amazing. And basically what tolerance in this country has become is you have to agree with me or I don't tolerate you. Plain and simple. That's the definition of tolerance. You know, we used to have a country where you could celebrate differences. That's not where we are anymore. It's basically you agree with me or you're an idiot. Um, there is no tolerance. Tolerance has become a one-way street. And, you know, the last podcast I did was with uh, Tammy Tutone with regards to Caitlyn Jenner. And one of the things that I, I talked to Tammy about that she made a great point and, and we agreed on is, you know what, people want others to be tolerant of them, but yet at the same time don't want to give tolerance back. So, you know, the, the transgender community, you know, it, we, we want you to tolerate us, but if you don't, you know, that doesn't make you a bad person. That's fine. Have your own opinion. As long as it doesn't interfere with my rights or me exercising my belief, then we're fine. And that's really what the ultimate definition of tolerance is. Believe what you want. Exercise what you want. As long as it doesn't interfere with my belief system, as long as you're not you know, in any way interfering with me living out my life because of your lack of tolerance, whether it be through assault, battery, or whatever the case might be, not giving me access to rights that everyone else has, really, that, that's a lack of tolerance. 
So that's what I'm seeing all over social media. The first thing I want to get into and the first topic I want to approach is the, the one that really has lit a fire underneath me that is brings rage to me when I see this. And it's the comparison of one candidate in particular to Adolf Hitler. Let me tell you something. When you make a comparison between anyone and Adolf Hitler, you automatically lose the argument. You automatically show yourself to be ignorant of history. Because the bottom line is, there is no one within the last, I don't know how many centuries, that comes close to the evil that was Adolf Hitler. Period. End of story. And to try to compare someone to Adolf Hitler and the Nazi party, what you are ultimately doing is taking something that was so vile, so disgusting, and you are diminishing it. You are diminishing the impact of the Holocaust. You are diminishing the impact of one individual and his quest for genocide and his quest for creating a master race for basically creating the biggest military conflict in the entire history of the world, being responsible for the extermination of millions upon millions of lives, whether it be through gas chambers, whether it be through the war itself with 9 million Russians dying on the Russian front, his own countrymen, was it 7 million Germans? People within the country because of their own faith, 7 million Jews exterminated? I mean, whatever the exact numbers are, the tolls are in the millions of people that were killed needlessly because of this man's quest. You can never make a comparison between any American politician and that type of evil and sound intelligent doing it. You sound absolutely moronic. And what you're doing is you're demeaning everything that Jewish people went through throughout that period of time. You're demeaning everything that the Russian people went through to defend their border. You're demeaning every American life that was lost fighting that form of evil. And to do that, you really make yourself look stupid. You really do. You cannot bring Hitler into any comparison to any one of these candidates. The candidate that most people are doing it with, if not everyone, is Donald Trump. Donald Trump is exercising his First Amendment free speech rights. He is running for a political office. If Donald Trump is using language in a way that is inflammatory, it is still being done within our constitutional rights. There has not been one person 
that has been able to file a lawsuit against Donald Trump for inflammatory language. And there are restrictions on free speech in this country. And if Donald Trump had violated any one of those restrictions, he would certainly be censured. He would certainly be charged. He would certainly be sued for taking that action. He is exercising First Amendment free speech rights. And I am the biggest advocate for the exercise of First Amendment free speech rights. You cannot curtail First Amendment free speech in this in this country. If you do not like what he is saying, you simply do not vote for him. The fact that Donald Trump is saying these things out loud does one thing if it does nothing else. It makes it unequivocal as to what his position is with regards to certain people and certain ethnicities. That should make you happy as an individual living in this country who's watching this electoral process. That should bring you joy that we have someone who is actually speaking his mind in a way that is completely honest. So now you know not to vote for him. He is not sugarcoating anything. He's putting it all out there so you can make a decision not to vote for him. Plain and simple. And I am telling you right now, with regards to Trump, and I'm going to get into each candidate, I am not a Trump supporter. However, I am a supporter of anyone who uses the First Amendment to the limit of its use. And I think it's disgusting that people are trying to silence him. And all you're doing by calling his supporters dumb is you are just making them entrench themselves further and further behind him. The more you call him names, the more you galvanize his supporters. And this is the problem with this country. This is the problem with this election. Because we cannot have an intelligent discourse with one another, all we wind up doing is galvanizing others against us. One of the things I've seen in the debates, and and let me start with the Republicans, okay? Um, As far as Marco Rubio is concerned, I do not think Marco Rubio is ready to be the president of the United States or any country. Okay, he has barely shown himself to be ready to be senator. The one thing that Trump did show me about Marco Rubio is his voting record. And you know what? It's true. This guy doesn't show up to do his job as a senator. What makes me think he's going to show up to do his job as a president? He gets rattled easy. And you can see from debate to debate, he changes his approach in how to attack Trump from trying to you know, sling mud with him to then trying to attack him on issues to then becoming more passive and trying to to give his approach. That clearly shows me that Marco Rubio does not have an identity unto himself. So Marco Rubio is not someone I'm interested in voting for in in this or any election. Um, Ted Cruz scares the hell out of me. Um, the, The stuff with the religion. Listen, I'm I come from, you know, a a Judeo Christian background. I am not a practicing Roman Catholic because I have my issues with the church. You know, I, I 
have my religious beliefs, but that I would ever use my religious beliefs in a political forum. No, that is exactly what separation of church and state is. And once you start, you know, belting the Bible, I'm sorry, his, his beliefs against, you know, certain things that are simply law right now, gay marriage and, and repealing certain things that have, that have come into law. Listen, you want to appeal Obama, Obamacare. That's one thing. But once you start getting into certain other rights that to me, you are trying to impose upon us because of your religious beliefs. I don't need a religious zealot running for office in this country and eventually becoming elected. And now, and listen, his religious views are probably more in line with mine in a general sense. And yet he still scares the hell out of me. So uh, Ted Cruz, again, take him out of the mix. Donald Trump, with regards to... His candidacy, I I appreciate the fact that people that are supporting him are doing it because it's anti-establishment. I really do. Because I am totally, totally anti-establishment. I really am. Um, I, to be quite honest with you, am looking for a Republican to back simply because we've had a Democrat in for the last eight years. And, you know, I, I hate having the same type of person in charge over and over and over again with the same belief system when I don't see any change in this country. And to be quite honest with you, I think this country in many ways has digressed socially over the last eight years um, than moving in a positive direction. And to me, that's kind of shocking considering we had our first African-American president. I really thought we were going to make strides in moving in the right direction and we didn't. We we completely digressed. We regressed. And, you know, the other thing is, you know, a lot of people say, well, the Republicans blocked him. You know, Barack Obama had a completely Democratic House and Senate for the first two years. He could have passed gun legislation right out of the gate. He didn't. The immediate thing that the Democrats and Barack Obama did in those first two years was an auto bailout. It was a bank bailout. It was a, basically a bailout of you know, uh, that top 2% that everybody can't stand. So when things could have been done and he did have complete control of the House and Senate, he still didn't get th- things done that I would have hoped that he would have gotten done, that now all of a sudden for the last six years as well, the Republicans are blocking everything. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. I hate excuse making, but I'm, I'm the type of person, I don't like voting for incumbents. incumbents. I like voting for change, which is why I voted for Barack Obama. I want to change. And then when the change did not come now, you know what? Look, I'm dying for a Republican candidate to step up. I don't see one, but I was really hoping for it. Um, So I appreciate Trump coming from an anti-establishment point of view, and I appreciate his supporters coming from an anti-establishment point of view. I really do. I get what your people are trying to do. But here's the bottom line with Donald Trump. When it comes to substantive issues, he has no plan. He really doesn't. And what he's saying is everything is a rah-rah speech. I have wonderful people that are going to come in. We're going to do wonderful things. We're going to make America great again. You know, don't you want to be great again? Don't you want to win? Isn't it time for us to start winning? Listen, that's great rhetoric, but you're not giving me the means in which you are going to put any of this in action. All you are giving me right now is talk, and talk is cheap. When you are put, when your feet are put to the fire— with regards to, well, how are you going to do it? What are you going to get rid of? What programs are you going to institute? What programs are you going to get rid of to, br- you know, to, to bring down the budget deficit? What are you going to do? What actions are you going to implement? When you start saying, you know, the, the troops are going to do what I tell them. Believe me. 
believe me, they will do it. No, that's not you telling me why they're going to do it. You just saying, believe me, I'm, I'm that kind of guy. I'm that kind of guy. Trust me. They're going to listen to me. Maybe don't listen to anybody else. They're going to listen to me because I'm Donald Trump. No, that's not what I want to hear. That is you just basically using your ego to try to convince me you are greater than what you are and that once you're in charge and once people see your signature on something or once you stand in front of troops, everyone's just going to automatically do what you want to do simply because you're Donald Trump. That is not policy. That is basically, again, this overinflated ego that is, you know, kind of run wild. Um, I don't see anything with regards to Donald Trump that gives me any indication he would be a good president. With regards to his ability to run companies, and I see this a lot. I see this with, with people saying, well, he's a great businessman, he's a great businessman. There's a big difference between running a corporation and running a country. When you run a corporation, you run a corporation for one purpose only, and that's profit, profit and gain, plain and simple. When you run a country, there's more to it than profit and gain. There is safety. There is security. There is, you know, social programming. There is, um, you know, a, a morale that comes with running the country that isn't always on a balance sheet of employment, unemployment. You know, it's it's basically th- this what they call approval rating of presidents is a lot of what is the country sentiment. OK, it's about dealing with foreign nations. OK, maybe when you run your own corporation, you don't have to worry about competition or you deal with competition in, in a way to eliminate your competition. You can't eliminate your competition when dealing with foreign nations. It simply doesn't work that way. You have to learn how to deal with one another. Um, you know, when dealing with immigration, there are a lot of things that come with the presidency that is just not, well, he's a businessman. He knows how to run a business and he could be successful. You know, there are other things that you could do with a business and take chances with a business that you simply can't do with a country. You know, you can take a chance with a business and say, you know what, listen, we didn't make money. This fine. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to file for bankruptcy, take advantage of the bankruptcy laws, and then come back and do something. You, you can't do that with a country. You can't all of a sudden say, all right, well, you know what? We tried something for two years. It didn't work. Hey, let's wipe the slate clean. Let's declare bankruptcy. Let's file for reorganization and come back strong in a different way. You know, let's move our country from Atlantic City into, you know, Las Vegas. And see, No, it doesn't work that way. Um, with regards to great businessmen that I think do have great minds. Listen, I was a huge Ross Perot supporter. I was the Ross Perot guy. I still love Ross Perot. Um, I like Michael Bloomberg. I really wish this guy was running for president. That's a guy I could get behind. Uh, I liked what he did in New York City. He has shown me as a business person, he has experience in running a form of government. Nonetheless, a city as big as New York. Um, So, you know, to me, Bloomberg is more viable of a candidate than Donald Trump will ever be. Um, So, you know, that's why I, I take Trump out of the equation. Really, the guy on the Republican side that has shown me he is the best candidate, without a doubt, is Kasich. But here's the problem with the entire election process. The game is rigged, folks. The game is rigged. Kasich can't win. It doesn't work that way. See, and what the Republican Party did this time around was so diabolical and so despicable. 
They saw Donald Trump running, and they saw Donald Trump's money running, and they thought, you know what? Listen, this guy's a good asset to have. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to let him run as one of us, even though he's not one of us. Let's bring him into our camp because you know what? Better to have him on our side than have him against us. So let's put him in our camp. Have him on our side. We'll have access to his money and his, you know, and his everything else that it comes with him. And when he loses, you know what? Fine. Then he's with us. Then we don't have to worry about going against him, his money, and, and his big mouth and everything else. Well, it completely backfired. They, the Republicans never in a million years saw this coming. They never thought for a minute the country would support the guy that was the outsider that they were letting in. Basically, it's like, you know what? Let him in the club. In the end, he's in the club. We'll give him a club membership, but no one's really going to like him. Well, guess what? It backfired. And now you all look stupid because now what you're looking to do is have uh, a contested, um, uh, what do you call it, convention and say, you know what? We don't have enough delegates. We have a contested convention. And now it doesn't matter what everyone did in terms of voting. It doesn't matter how well Donald Trump did. In the end, we're going to put in the guy what we want to put in. That's terrible. That's terrible. And what basically you're trying to do is you're trying to make up for your screw up. And that leads me to say, you know what, Republicans, I can't support you. I can't support you. Plain and simple. I cannot support you in this election because to me, the guy who's the voice of reason, the guy who comes from experience, as a governor, the guy who's been involved in multi-level politics, the guy who's been on committees in Washington, the guy who has been most involved with our government that's running for office right now is Kasich. And he doesn't stand a chance. The game is rigged. And we're going to get into more on how the game is rigged and what my ultimate decision is in terms of voting this time around. Then you go to the Democratic side. And basically, it's two candidates. And for as ridiculous as the Republican side was where they had, you know, what was it, 97 people on stage at one point during a debate, the Democratic side is just as ridiculous because basically what you're telling me is our only options are another Clinton and Bernie Sanders. Wow. You mean to tell me of all the people that we have, this is this is our choice. The one person who I I don't trust at all, Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton, to me, is a Republican in Democratic clothing. Bottom line, she is pro-Wall Street. She is everything Bernie Sanders says she is, period, end of story. Everything Bernie Sanders says about her is 100% true. I don't find her to be credible. I don't find her to be honest. She is, again, the way Trump says, here's who I am, and, and you know what? Love me or hate me for it. I have no idea what Hillary Clinton really is, which leads me to believe she's diabolical. She really is. She, what, whatever comes out of her mouth, I don't trust, I don't believe. Plain and simple. So that leaves my only option as Bernie Sanders. The problem with Bernie Sanders' politics, and I've, I've looked, see, I look at Sanders the same way I do Kasich. I look at them for substantive. I, I look at them the way 
I don't look at Donald Trump, where Donald Trump can give me no possible rationale for anything that he wants to do. I look at Sanders and I look at Kasich and I say, okay, give me the way you're going to implement these things. And the bottom line is the way Bernie Sanders wants to do things, it's simply not possible. There, there just isn't the government funding to have all of these social programs be free. It doesn't work that way. And, and again, his math doesn't add up. I think what he's trying to do, what he wants to do, is really great. The problem is our system of government and with the way our capitalist market works, you will never have the money and the funding to make this happen. And ultimately what you're going to do, Bernie Sanders, is you're going to scare whatever corporations are left in this country out. And then we're going to really have a problem because we, we already don't make things in this country. We already don't build things anymore. We don't produce things anymore. With, with somebody like Bernie Sanders coming in and, and looking to do the social reform and the social programming he wants to do, we're really going to lose all of the corporations that we desperately need in order to exist as the government is, a, is in a business entity. So – you know, he's he's the other scale of the spectrum on this kind of Donald Trump thing. More reasonable than Clinton. And again, I you know I look at the parties and I say, if if I could have any two candidates get through, it's Kasich and, and Sanders. I think that's a really good choice for this country if there are going to be two choices. The problem is we will never get those two choices. We can't. You know why? Because the game is rigged. This game is fixed, folks. This is... Our political system is the WWE. It's World Wrestling Entertainment. Okay? It's fake. And you saw it with the Republicans when they let Trump in. And basically when he starts taking the lead, the establishment says, we can't let this happen. And now they try to manipulate the system so it doesn't happen that way. And that's what we have as a political process. Okay, basically, we are being force-fed Hillary Clinton, and the Republicans are trying to force-feed us Ted Cruz. That's the bottom line. We are really not being given the choice we want as Americans. We are being given options. And when you don't have a choice and you're being given options, I don't want to play. I don't want to play your game. And I tried to, to kind of equate this to you're a vegetarian. You go to a restaurant and here are your choices, chicken or fish. But I'm a vegetarian. Yeah, I know you are. And there's going to be vegetables on the plate. You want them with chicken or you want them with fish? I, I don't want the chicken or the fish. Give me the vegetables. No, you don't understand. You're getting chicken or you're getting fish or you're getting nothing. And to me, as someone who is, I'm an American. I don't come in, listen, I've never declared myself to either party. I'm not Republican or Democrat or independent. And, and third parties don't make a difference in this country because if, you, if we had a viable third party that was as powerful as the Republicans or the Democrats, it would just be the third head on the monster. So I'm not naive enough to think, well, you know what, we need a third party. No. What we need to do is abandon the party system. And let people run on their actual principles, on their actual policies, on their actual programs. But that doesn't happen. Again, why? Because the game is rigged. So if you walk into a restaurant 
and you're given options and not choices, do you eat at that restaurant? No. You walk out. You say, I'm sorry, you don't have what I want here. Plain and simple. I'm going to leave. I treat this election as that restaurant that's not giving me choices. You're giving me options. And I simply, on this one, I have to tell you, if Kasich or Sanders don't get through, I choose to not vote. I am not going into an election booth and voting for the presidency. I, I will leave that, that little box blank. I will vote low for my locals, but I am not going to pull a lever for a choice that is not a choice, but it's an option. I'm tired of being given options that don't suit what this country really wants or needs, period. Now, part of that is, and listen, again, I would never vote for him, but in my mind, if Donald Trump gets the most Republican delegates, he better be on that ballot. You better give people the choice that they want than try to say, you know what, we are going to further corrupt our system of government by doing what we want. We're going to rig this game even more than it's rigged. That, to me, would be absolutely despicable. That would be the worst thing this country could ever do. And for everyone out there that says, you actually want to see Donald Trump have a chance at being president, if that's what people are voting for, if that's the choice people want in this country, that is our system of government, people. If you don't like it, get out. Not if he wins. Forget about if he wins. I know there's all the people, if Donald Trump wins, I'm leaving the country. No. No, 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 no. Don't wait that long. If you don't like the system of government that allows the most popular candidate in a primary to get through, if you don't like that system, well, that's our system. Then the system needs to be changed. And I agree, it probably does need to be changed. But that's our system. If you don't like that system of government, then leave this country. Leave it. Because that's our system of government. Now, I'm not saying you have to take one of the options. I don't believe in that either. And I'm telling you, I would choose to not pull a lever for either candidate. Now, here's the other unbelievable, stupid thing that I've heard that people have told me with regards to that. Well, then you know what? If you let a guy like that get through by not voting against him, then you don't have a right to complain. You know what? Again, you are a complete moron. I absolutely have a right to complain. I have been un- I have been employed in this country paying taxes since I was 16 years old. That's 30 years worth of tax payment. You better believe I have the absolute right to complain. I have never taken care, never taken advantage of any social programming. I have never been on an unemployment. I have not collected a day of any type of social welfare or anything else. I have given to this country and never taken back. And you know what? Social Security will probably be bankrupt by the time I retire. I don't even have health insurance right now because I can't afford it. I can't afford free market insurance. I can't afford Obamacare. So don't you tell me 
that I don't have a right to complain. I absolutely have a right to complain. And by telling me I don't have a right to complain, you're an absolute moron. You don't know what our system of government is about. You don't know what our constitution is about. You don't know what it protects or it doesn't protect. Because that's like telling the person, you know what, if you don't serve on jury duty, you don't have a right to complain about our judicial system. Well, you know what, maybe I can't serve on jury duty because I have an obligation to my family and giving me $5 a day for what could be three weeks... I won't be able to pay my mortgage. So you know what? Just because I can't serve on jury duty doesn't mean I don't have a right to complain about the judicial system. Well, I was like telling somebody, you know what? If you never served in the armed forces, you don't have a right to complain about foreign policy and where we send our troops. Just because someone doesn't take advantage of something doesn't mean you have a right to complain or bash it. I've never taken advantage of unemployment. That doesn't mean I don't have a right to say whether it works or doesn't work. I have never taken advantage of any social program. That doesn't mean I have a right to say whether it's good or not good. Just because you don't do something or take advantage of a right doesn't mean you lose that right. You know what? I have a right to not drive. I don't have to get a driver's license. And if I don't go get a driver's license, that doesn't mean what? I don't have a right to complain about the way people drive on the road. I don't have a say about DWI. That is one of the most moronic statements. I can't stand when people say stupid things. And that is one of the, again, another really stupid thing that people say. Well, you know what? If you don't vote, then you don't have a right to complain. Shut up. You're being an, an absolute moron. And again, this is that unbelievable, uneducated, immature approach that people take to things. And it, it really bothers me when I see this on social media, how people get so petty. You know what? You are not going to convince somebody that you were right if you cannot make an intelligent, compelling argument. And at the same time, hear and listen to what the other person is saying. Because the bottom line is, what we need in this country right now is intelligent discourse. What we don't need is what you're seeing in the Republican debates. We don't need the name-calling. That is embarrassing. It is absolutely embarrassing to watch Ted Cruz, Donald Trump, and Marco Rubio go at it the way they do on stage. That is not my America. That is not my country. That is embarrassing to me. And that there's this one guy on stage that actually has intelligent things to say who doesn't have a chance in hell in winning because he doesn't have the financial backing of either his party or other people out there that can support him to run for the office that he probably deserves more than anybody else. It's absolutely disgraceful. It really is. And all we do is feed into that with our absolute unbelievable lack of intelligence in our social media arguing back and forth and bickering, which always seems to digress to some type of racial anger and name-calling of some sort. People, grow up. Grow up. You know, for all that I hear that lawyers are bad, lawyers are terrible, lawyers are this, lawyers are that, you know what, well, you know what a lot of people need to do? A lot of people need to go to courtrooms and actually watch cases be argued. Actually watch lawyers in court because in court you will see what an actual debate is supposed to look like where the moderator is the judge and the two attorneys are the advocates and there are rules, rules you have to comply with where you get to speak your position, have a rebuttal, go back and forth and argue intelligently. For all I hear how terrible lawyers are, you know what, people should go to court and watch lawyers in their element actually do their job. And maybe you will learn how to actually have 
an intelligent exchange of information and ideas. Because the way it's done in social media, on Twitter and Facebook, all we are doing is further alienating each other. It's absolutely sad and disgusting what I am seeing on social media. That people are afraid to post things on social media that have anything to do with politics. We are now living in fear. So you have one of two people posting on social media. You have either people that are trying to bully other people, try to belittle other people as to what their belief system is, as to what they are supporting, or you have the exact opposite, which is people retreating saying, you know what, I'm not saying anything. I'm not saying anything because I don't feel like being attacked. Imagine that. Imagine being in a relationship. Imagine being in a husband, wife, or um, civil union where you are afraid to open your mouth because you're going to be attacked. That's called domestic violence, and that's what we have in this country among our citizenry. We are a bunch of bullies. For all we talk about, anti-bully this, anti-bully that, all I see on social media is bullying. There is no intelligent discourse. It's gone. So you know what? Rather than further galvanize people to their side, why don't you actually listen to what they have to say and question them? You know what? Ask the question. As opposed to calling Donald Trump a racist, a bigot, a sexist, or any of those things, do what the one thing you should be doing and say Give me the information that shows me that voting for Donald Trump would actually make a positive change in this country. Is that so hard to do? Because if you take that approach to a Trump supporter, I can almost guarantee you the return response will be silence because no one knows what the answer is. So rather than try to pound people in the head over who they should vote for or how they're stupid for picking the person they're voting for, question them. Actually listen to why. Try to get an understanding of what the other person's mentality is. Have an appreciation for their opinion. And then based on that, maybe they will show you the same respect in return. Otherwise, you know what? Go ahead and keep pissing people off. Because all you're going to do is, like I said, galvanize them. And what we're going to wind up with is we're going to wind up with Yankees Red Sox. We're going to wind up with Dodgers Giants or whatever rivalry you can think of. And people basically are going to start picking sides and staying on that side for good, which I think is another sign of of a lack of intelligence because to me to align yourself with one party and honestly believe every single thing and every single policy that comes out of that party is 100% correct. And the other side is always 100% wrong is as dangerous as having Donald Trump for president. It really is. It really is. So, you know, here at my first podcast back, Once again, the thing that I'm preaching to everybody is tolerance. And it seems like we're just not getting that. It seems like we just can't find a way 
to be tolerant of one another. And it's sad. It really is sad that that's where we are in this country. So in terms of my political stance, okay, for the president, I don't have one. Because you're not giving me choices. You're giving me options. Options that don't fit this nation's needs. So I'm going to pass on this election until you give me a real candidate. I'll go in and I'll vote for all my locals, but I'm not going to vote in the national. And with regards to people and their opinions, you know what? Keep giving me your opinion because I would love to see you try to convince me in an intelligent manner that one of these people is actually fit to do the job. Not the... Not the the person that, listen, you know what? It's better than nothing. Because, again, what you're telling a vegan is, here, have the chicken. It's better than nothing. Is it really? Is it really? I don't think it is. Well, the podcast is back, everybody, and and we jumped right into a, a good topic. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Sorry I've been away for so long. If you are a fan of the podcast, Uh, I'm going to try to come back strong. I'm going to try to put out a bunch of these or at least tape a bunch of them and go from there. Uh, This episode was taped on Friday, March 11th. So if something big happens after this and I didn't know about it and I'm talking about a candidate who's no longer there, that's why. Uh, Thank you for listening. Spread the word. Vince August podcast. Thank you.